Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. The podcast is brought to you by Liquidware, creators of FlexApp, the most feature-rich application learning product on the market today. Check out whatmatrix.com for a full feature breakdown of all application learning products. And also brought to you by Goliath Technologies, who help IT pros be proactive and anticipate, troubleshoot, and prevent end-user experience issues, regardless of where IT workloads or users are located. To learn more, check out GoliathTechnologies.com. And now, for this week's news. Microsoft announced MMD, which is Microsoft Managed Desktop, which is a initial new offering that brings together Microsoft 365 Enterprise, Device as a Service, and Cloud-Based Device Management by Microsoft. MMD enables customers to maximize their IT organization's focus on their business while Microsoft manages their modern desktops. Sounds kind of daunting for desktop engineers, I'd bet, but we'll get to that. The offering requires Microsoft 365 and is deeply entrenched in Microsoft's analytics. You must be running on modern devices that meet their set specification and runtime quality bar. They can use their analytics and data gathered from devices around the world to better protect your systems from threats. In the accompanying blog post, Microsoft state they are working with Lloyd's Banking Group and Seattle Rain FC already and will be working with partners such as Dell, HP, DXC, Accenture and Avanade and others. Obviously, the more players, the more data they can gather and the greater the value. Historically, where I've worked, people have been skeptical of sharing info with Microsoft. Some out of paranoia, just for sharing data general with anyone, but also some because they thought it would be used for license auditing purposes and they would get hit the minute they fell out of line. I've been fortunate enough to see a lot about Microsoft Analytics and even other forms of analytics over the last year or so, and I'm sold. I would encourage others to sign up as well when available. And as an example of the power of this, Microsoft can use insights and artificial intelligence to determine which devices in your organization are ready for feature updates, or conversely, whether a specific app is blocking a device's ability to update so they can take action. This will make upgrades, security, and as announced previously and on a other episode of the podcast, app compatibility and management easier for all of us in the future. I mentioned that desktop engineers may think this is quite daunting. Microsoft may be trying to come after their jobs, but I don't really see it like that. You know, what they're talking about are these areas of desktop engineering that do take a lot of time, but it's also areas where you get kind of stuck in the inertia. Your time as a desktop engineer could be better spent on projects and trying to improve the end user experience and streamline your own processes rather than dealing with these application compatibility issues, Uh, dealing with patching and so on and so forth. And even so, I mean, a lot of those you try to automate already. So essentially you just be giving it to Microsoft in a way to automate their own way, but also use their artificial intelligence and this big data that they've gathered where they have so much more information than we could possibly have. So they could likely do a better job of planning and dealing with issues before they become a big problem in the organization. Right now, this is only available in the UK and US. They expect to start operations in Canada, Australia, and New Zealand in early 2019, and more to come in the second half of 2019. Sticking with Microsoft for a moment, Microsoft have announced they will be bringing their Azure Cosmos DB to Azure Stack and Azure Sphere. 
The interesting aspect of this for me is that with Azure Stack, you get an appliance to run on your own on-premises servers, essentially taking what was an Azure cloud-only product in Cosmos DB and allowing you to use it in a hybrid cloud scenario. For a long time, I've heard DBAs be very vocal about the shortcomings of SQL and the bloat added when using it. You know, purists prefer other forms of databases. So it'll be interesting to see if Cosmos DB will try to improve on that, maybe be more comparative to some of the alternatives out there, and maybe we'll gain a larger footprint in the enterprise than SQL. But I guess we'll see. Several months ago, I featured a story on Meltdown Inspector performance impact analysis by my buddy Trent. His original study was against his production 2008 R2 environment. Well, he's back with even more data, and this time using login VSI with control up against his production 2008 R2 environment again, but also against a 2012 R2 and 2016 non-production environments. Also, he leveraged control ups insights capabilities this time, so he's got even richer data from control up than he had in the past. And the results are pretty interesting. When reading Trent's original post and looking at other data online at the time, I'd assume the impact was far worse on older systems with older operating systems than on newer. But these results show that isn't necessarily the case, as the older operating systems can hold a larger load using less average CPU than the newer ones. Trent shows actual percentage details on performance impact when putting mitigations in place or not on each operating system. Even if you only read the metrics and the conclusion, you'll come away more informed. I don't want to give away all of the metrics here, but it's well worth a read. I'll share a link under the reference links on 5bytespodcast.com for this episode, which is episode 38, as well as in the YouTube description on this episode. Microsoft's John Vinsel has encouraged Ignite attendees to bring copies of their existing Win32 installers, be they MSI, EXE, Scripps, AppV, or whatever, to let his team help you do a hands-on update of your installers to MSIX on the spot. So visit the MSIX app packaging and deployment booth, which should be bp-dt-48 if you're at Ignite. Also, by the way, if you are going to Ignite, John also posted a blog post highlighting all MSIX related sessions. I'll provide a link on this episode for that as well. And even more on MSIX and Ignite, the godfather of AppV himself, Tim Mangan, will also be in attendance at Ignite. And you can find him at the Advanced Installer booth if you have any questions on the package support framework or MSIX. Go have a talk with Tim. He's a founder of knowledge. September 14th was the three-year anniversary of when Let's Encrypt issued their first SSL TSL certificate as a certificate authority. They have now issued over 380 million certificates, which I mentioned in a previous episode. And if you do your own hosting, you should check them out as a free certificate authority. You'll save yourself quite a bit of money over the lifetime of your site. I know a lot of people who listen to this also have their own blog, so definitely check it out. And if you do pay for your hosting, you don't self-host. A lot of hosting sites actually offer Let's Encrypt certificates through their portals for free too. So check into that as well. Some news for you AWS users, and in particular, if you're using AppStream. You can now share your AppStream version 2 application images with other AWS accounts in the same AWS region. This lets you maintain one version of your application image and securely provide other AWS accounts access to it. 
So for example, software vendors can now create an image with their application installed and share it with their customers as part of a software as a service or trial offering while maintaining control of the source image. It's pretty interesting to me as this sounds very much like the Docker and container delivery, maintenance and creation methodology and ideology. So that's pretty cool. Uh, they seem to be taking a very modernized approach with AppStream. ZDNet reported this week that Cloudflare have launched a new Onion service which will reduce or possibly eliminate CAPTCHAs for Android users. The service can distinguish between bots and trustworthy Tor traffic. The new Cloudflare Onion service is free for all Cloudflare customers and can be enabled by switching on the opportunistic encryption option under the crypto tab of Cloudflare dashboard. I guess it might also be a reason to try the Tor browser. And now for this episode's hot job. This episode's hot job is for an IT support supervisor position based in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona with Axon. It'd be perfect if you're already based in the area or if you're thinking about relocating to Scottsdale, which was once voted the most livable city in the United States. The successful candidates day-to-day -day will include leading the IT support team by providing regular feedback and direction to the team, managing IT ticket queues and metrics tracking for the team, facilitate second-line IT support for Axon users through any and all intake channels and peer escalations. You'll accept ownership for all IT endpoints of your facility. You will manage IT inventory for that facility, provide remote hands and monitoring assistance, to their operations team for the facility, and also find opportunities to improve efficiency, service quality through process change or automation, and more. The skills required include prior experience leading a team of at least three plus technicians, three to five years experience working in a high performing customer facing role, experience supporting both Mac and Windows machines in a multi-user environment, and one or more of the following certifications, A+, NET+, Security+, ACSP or ACTC. Some of the preferred skills include scripting knowledge for Mac or Windows, experience supporting conferencing, scheduling, and collaboration tools, the ability to build things at scale, and also ServiceNow development. It has also been stated they are looking for someone who is currently the best tech at their current job and is growing into a leader. So if this describes you and you're interested in a job in such a role in Scottsdale, Arizona, which is a pretty nice place to live, this could be the one for you. And now for this episode, scripts, tricks, or tips. This week features an article by my buddy Ryan on performance differences of Citrix ICA visual quality profiles. Visual quality settings can be changed for the protocol level of your Citrix environment and can have a big impact on end user performance. This is a feature that was brought in with version 7.6. In the blog post, Ryan goes through the settings available and shows actual real-world metrics through login VSI on the impact of these settings. As usual, I won't give away the data here. I instead encourage you to check out the post for yourself at ict-r.com. And you'll want to check that out if you're interested in delivering the best end-user experience in your Citrix virtual desktop environment. And on that topic, I've featured a lot around VDI in this podcast, such as Patrick Koble's great security tips on how to lock down and secure your virtual desktops, Johan's great VDI guidebook, and more. If you piece all of this info together with Ryan's posts and others, you'll have a pretty rockin' VDI. 
And that's it for another episode. Thank you so much for listening.